0: Rachel for bringing to musical life the the truth of scripture that Jesus is the good shepherd who has given and gives his life for the sheep no greater love hath anybody than this and it is that love that draws us together it is that love that encompasses us today as we worship him in spirit and in truth as we prepare to reflect on this really powerful piece of the gospel today let us once again go before our God in prayer And now, O Lord, you are the great shepherd of the sheep and you are the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. And we come before you today asking that the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts would be found acceptable in your sight, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. If through the words of this human being we do not hear your voice, dear Lord, we pray that you would come in your own gentle, tender, and special way and speak to each of us here in the quietness of our hearts. Amen. Today is one of my favorite Sundays of the Christian year. If you're not familiar with the Christian year, I didn't grow up familiar with that either, so let me give you a little uh, brief history of what that is. Um, we have, it, we, in, the chur- in, in traditional uh, denominational church like the United Methodist Church, many of us observe the church calendar next week begins advent that's a season where we prepare for the birth of jesus and then we move into epiphany when the wise men came and they followed the star and we live in a season of light we have lent where we're preparing for easter easter where we celebrate resurrection and on the and then there's a whole long season called ordinary time and that comes after the day of pentecost we have been in ordinary time since the month of may this year so it's this is the church's longest season and today's the last day of ordinary time. It's the last Sunday before Advent. So every year, I give you this little brief synopsis to remind us that today's service is like a New Year's Eve celebration. Now, we're not going to pop out the champagne or the fireworks, you know, um, for this New Year's Eve ce- for this New Year's Eve celebration. But we are here celebrating this truth before we go into the Advent season, and we celebrate and we remember that God became flesh and dwelled among us and came to us as a little baby. Before we get there, we first remember that that baby grew up to become our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is the day that we celebrate that all power and all authority and all wisdom and honor and might has been given to Jesus alone, and it is in his name and by his power and through his blood that we are able to approach God the Father at all. So this is a day of celebration. It is a day that we remember who Jesus is, is and because we belong to him he has said unto us i give you the same authority i give you the same power you are my brothers and my sisters and you will rule and reign with me if you follow after me and you submit yourself in holy fear to my father friends we come together on this christ the king sunday to celebrate that no matter what it is we are going through in our individual lives in our life as a church church with a lowercase c church with a with a capital c as well whatever the world seems to be going through right now we believe that christ is the king he rules and reigns over it all that he is the one with all the power that we need and he is waiting for us to call upon him and we as the church have a responsibility to live out that kingdom life to live out this truth and to live out the ways of jesus and he and he explains to us so beautifully today what that looks like as i was talking about with our young friend earlier jesus is not a king who flaunts his authority with a crown and with jewels he is not one who stands out and who who sits on an earthly throne so that we can all know he is the king of kings no he is the king who left his majesty as we began today's service he left that majestic place and became one of us and he gives us very specific instructions of where we see his kingship in this world today. Not only that, friends, he gives us very specific instructions of what it is he wants us to do, who it is that he wants us to be in this passage. And it is quite a passage, isn't it? I gave Bob Bob had a lot of verses that he had to read today, and a lot of it was repetitive. Well, a lot of the reason that that's repetitive, friends, this is Jesus's last teaching. In Matthew's Gospel. If you look and you see, if you turn your Bible over to the next chapter, to chapter 26, it goes directly from this, from this story that Jesus tells, into the plot to kill Jesus. He's anointed at Bethany, He has the Last Supper, and then he goes to Gethsemane, where he, as we know, is betrayed. So this is Jesus' last teaching, and Matthew's gospel is full of circles. It is full of repetition. Matthew really constructed his gospel beautifully, where everything that Jesus says relates back to something else that he said. And in this particular passage, we hear Jesus speak about his love for the hungry, for the thirsty, for the prisoner, for the stranger, for the one who has no clothes, for the one who has nothing. Well, that takes us right back to the first thing that Jesus ever talked about when he he stood up to give the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel. That's Matthew chapter five, if you wanna go back and read that. And what is it that Jesus first says when he gets up to preach the greatest sermon ever given? He gets up and he says, blessed are the poor blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Jesus is talking about those who do not draw attention to themselves. And not only that, Jesus is talking about those whom the world deems as unnoticeable. Jesus is pointing out that we are to pay attention to The one, to pay attention to, those whom the world tries to tell us are nothing because we have such a skewed view of what God's kingdom is. The kingdoms of this earth, friends, are nothing like God's kingdom where the least are but the greatest and the greatest become the least. Jesus turned the world upside down so that we could be right side up with God, correct? That is what we're gonna be celebrating throughout the Advent season. And in this passage, Jesus is not only talking about those groups of people, and we'll get more to that in just a moment, but he's also telling us if you treat people if, if you if you do what I say, here is your reward. If you don't do what I say, then this is the this this is the punishment you will endure. And this is not meant to invoke any kind of earthly fear, friends. Not at all for where we're saying, oh no, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Am, am I following what Jesus said? If you follow Jesus, friends, you're gonna do this naturally, okay? It's going to come naturally to you to be able to follow his instructions that he gives. If we were doing just a superficial reading of this passage, though, we could easily say that what, what, what Matthew gives us here is what makes Jesus happy and what makes Jesus unhappy. And I have a perfect illustration to help us understand this. And of course, it comes from my niece, um, who I haven't talked about in a while, and I got her permission to share this story. But when my niece was three years old, She was at the piano one day. No, she could not play the piano yet, trained at least, but she thought she could play the piano. She would go to the piano and just play whatever, and move her hands around, play whatever she wanted to, and one day my sister was listening to her, because this happened all the time, and my sister was listening, and she realized that my niece had written a song of some sort, and so she went in, started listening to it, and she thankfully pulled out her camera, her video camera, and started videoing it, and and uh, we've held on to it all these years, but my niece was composing quite an epic of a song. It was a song that you have to listen to real carefully, but at the beginning she's talking about um, children playing with bumblebees, and the children are not being nice to the bumblebees at all. And right in the middle of her song she looks over at the camera, and she says, and Jesus was not very happy. And that has become an expression in my family that we use all the time. I will frequently say, I am not very happy, or I'll bet Jesus is not very happy at you, but she looks at the camera and she says, Jesus was not very happy. She goes back and she sings more. Jesus goes and talks to the children, and the children and the bumblebees become friends with each other. And then my favorite part of the song was she said, and Jesus was so surprised, and he was happy again, and everybody was happy again. And when we think about that, think about that for a moment with me, friends, that Jesus was not very happy because of the way that the little bumblebees were being treated. And that is exactly what the gospel preaches, isn't it? That Jesus is, Jesus is saying here, pay attention to the least of these. And Jesus is asking us, friends, we may think Jesus can't be surprised. He knows everything, right? Jesus knows everything. He's God. He's all-knowing. He's omnipotent. But don't you know that Jesus loves it when we, when we follow after him? And it's not that, he, uh, that it, not that he's taken aback, but don't you know Jesus is surprised by the way that we love sometimes? Isn't he, don't you know he's got to be surprised by how we live out his love? And by surprise, I mean, wow, look at what my people are doing. Wow, look how they are still living out thousands of years later what I once told them to do. Wow, I am so very Happy. And what we hear in this passage today is Jesus not, is not a, a list of let's make Jesus happy by doing this, let's avoid making Jesus unhappy by doing that. No, Jesus is saying to us, I am happy because I am with the stranger, I am with the prisoner, I am with the thirsty, I am with the sick, I am with those who have nothing. Jesus is saying that when we, the way we treat those that are so often overlooked, we are treating him. These are the people that he is among. These are the groups where, where we, look, we look there so that we can find him. And Jesus is saying, come and serve the way that I came to serve. Come and receive, and receive this blessing that I have received by coming among my people and being among them I shared this the last time I preached on this passage three years ago and I think it's so important to remember this friends that everything Jesus describes in this passage if you look with me again um, we'll begin in verse 42 I was hungry and you gave me no food Jesus in his last hours had no food he was hungry he was famished even before that he went to the wilderness and then it says I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink Indeed, he was parched with thirst when he was on the cross. When the, vinegar and, when the vinegar was offered to him, he refused it. But he was thirsty and was given nothing valuable to drink. He was a stranger. He, who was so well acquainted with so many people, who had done so many miracles, called friend and rabbi and master by so many, in his darkest hour, he became like an alien. He became a foreigner to those who loved him most. He became a stranger when he and he says that he was naked and they did not give him clothing everything was stripped from him not just his clothing but his skin as well in prison he was imprisoned by our sin the weight of our sin was placed upon him he went to the cross as a prisoner of sin that he did not deserve or take on so when jesus is describing the people where he is he's describing the least of these he's describing the ones that he wants for us to serve and serve alongside he is saying i've walked through every bit of this this is who i am and when you serve the least among you you are when you choose to lead the sheep life and live the sheep life the way that i did then you will discover and you will see the eternal glory of my kingdom this whole passage begins with jesus saying when the son of man comes in glory and all his angels with him and he sits on his throne the nations are gathered this is a song this is a story of of, of judgment it is a story of last days it is a story the, of the fact that jesus is on the throne and he is the judge and that is not something we fear that is not something we fear friends it is something that we live into we live into the fact that jesus is the judge we don't have to be the judge. I know a lot of us are really good at being judge, aren't we? Some of us today have had some opportunities to experience um, experience with being judge. We're human. Of course we do that. Of course we want to be on the throne. Of course we want to be in charge. And this reminds us that Jesus is saying, I'm on the throne and I am the shepherd. I am the king who became the shepherd and you are the sheep. And I want for you to lead the sheep life and live the sheep life that is submitted to me, and that recognizes that all of these different groups that I have named, that I am them, that I have come among you, I have walked among you, and the way you treat one is the way that you treat me. And one thing that I love about this this, uh, passage and about these specific groups of people that Jesus tells us, this is where I am, this is who I am, All of these things that we are called to do, to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to visit the prisoner, all of these are things that take time and investment. For instance, let's take, for instance, let me give you just some modern-day examples. If we are at a food kitchen or a meal like our Christ at Home meal ministry— So let's make it real local here in the church. That meal is lovingly prepared. Many of you contribute to that. It takes time to cook. It takes time to go to the store and get what you need sometimes and bring it. It takes time to put those meals together, to bag them up, to make each one personal, to deliver, to hand deliver each one. And then, and this is the thing that we can always grow more, to engage in conversation with those that we deliver them to. That is an example, friends, that when you feed the hungry, it's not just about, here, take this gift certificate and go, take it and go get you something to eat. It's not just handing out money, but Jesus is saying, give them food to eat. One who is thirsty, one who is thirsty for the things of the Spirit, sit down and study God's matchless word, the living water, together. That takes time. All of these are things that Christ is inviting us, not just to do as one-time things, but to invest our lives in because he invested in them. One thing, and I don't want to go into too much detail with this, but as many of you know, I go to the Clay County Jail twice a month to visit a couple of our parishioners who are there. And I've been going there for nearly two years now. And every single time I go, I see Jesus in a way that I never have before, that I've never seen Anywhere else, and it's not just because of who I am visiting. That's confidential, and that's that's not the um, and that's not the subject matter that we are here for today. Those are the details that don't matter. But what I am sharing with you is that every time I walk in those prison doors and hear that clap those bars come together behind me, and I am present. And, and when that happens, I am only present to the people who are right in front of me. I can't get out on my own. But every time I go in there. There is an experience of the presence of Jesus like I've never had before. And every single time, and each time that I go, it's built on the time before. And, bu- and that's part of the investment, that these, tri- that these things take time, that loving Jesus as he calls us to love takes time and takes learning about each other and takes experiencing this. I have I have a firsthand experience that I cannot put into words of what happens of how I experience Jesus in going into and going into a place that he calls us to go. We may not all be called to go into prisons. We may not all be called to uh, to feed the hungry and uh, to to make those meals. Some of you are thinking, I'm not a cook. I can't make meals for, for the hungry. But there is some hunger that you are meant to fill in this world. There is some place that Jesus is calling you to live that out, And he wants for us to do so for the long haul, not just once, not just twice, but to stick with it so that we can experience his glory in a new way, so that we can see his glory at work in this world. So the question for us, what he is leaving up to us today, dear friends, is, for, is the question of what will you do? What, how will you treat the one that I put right in front of you? How will you invest your time in the ones who are so often neglected by this world's standards. Look beyond the surface is what Jesus is calling us to do. Let us, as a church, look beyond the surface, for there are indeed so many in need. Let me offer just a few more examples, uh, because, uh, and, th- and we could go on and on with this list, but these were just some of the ones that came alive to me as I was meditating on this passage this week. Those who will sit with an addict who is going through detox and the long process that that takes. Those who are committed to teaching the special needs students who need a little bit more time with reading, a little bit more time with um, uh, with, with their schoolwork, those who are committed to give into one another's lives to help them get everything that they need.